Okay, what up everybody? We are in the now with Raul. I'm your host. This is Midas. Midas representing style elements. Originality stands alone. So a lot of us know you as Midas, but what's its relevance to Sarouge? Can you explain that? There's a lot of early breakers for me by that still because, you know, even when I would go by Midas, a lot of people who kind of met me early on, they know me as Sarouge and stuff. So with a little bit of research and, of course, the web, you know what I mean, <laughs> where we are these days, but your brother was a heavily influence in your life in terms of you growing up in the scene. Can you break that down a little bit more for us? But as a kid, he's my older brother, four years older than me, through just seeing him and his friends. I was already aware of, like, hip-hop even before I really got consciously aware of what it was, you know? That's hella dope, man. So, as a kid, I was just a regular kid, Armenian family. My, I was born in Lebanon. Uh, during a civil war. Wow. So we came to the U.S. basically as refugees, you know what I'm saying? Even though we technically don't really look at it like that, we came fleeing, fleeing a war, you know what Wow. I mean? uh, so I grew up in, in the U.S., specifically like Southern California. Okay. But yeah, man. That's a crazy childhood, man, to like flee something like that. Did you ever like leave with traumas? Like I could imagine that being kind of scary, you know what I mean? Well, I was a little baby, you know what I mean? Oh, so you I don't were so really young. Remember too much about, about it, you know? Um, but I knew that, you know, I have like little memories that are like dreamlike memories. Of, wow. Of the, not really the war, but just where we lived and family and stuff like that. But, um, but yeah, I'm, of course, bro, it, it has an effect on the family tree kind of thing, you know what I'm saying? But thankfully, nothing crazy, you know what I'm saying? I can't really. That when I say we didn't really look at ourselves as refugees, we didn't really go through anything that is comparable to what other people went through. You know? Oh, for sure, for sure. That's yeah. still tough, though, like, for even your family to deal with that. and But at least you guys moved and you guys found a safe haven, you know what I mean? Yeah, and, and um, you know, it gives you a certain consciousness as a kid mm. that you have an experience beyond that nation, beyond, you know, the other side of the world. Mm-hmm. You're, you, know, you know, kind of this... Co- co- COVID coronavirus thing is interesting in that sense. Like, people are feeling feeling trapped in their mm-hmm. homes. They're going to the grocery store, not everything is there. They're having to wait, and it's stuff they probably never had to go through. Mm-hmm. People around the world experience that, you know? And sometimes, like, speaking for the U.S., but I'm sure Canada too, we're responsible for them experiencing that, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? So, as a kid who came from, like, a, a background that I was aware of certain negative things that happened, you know? through, like, foreign policy and just messed up stuff. I was always semi-conscious as a kid, like, just through family osmosis, you know, of knowing wow. people paying attention to the news in my family and talking about injustice and stuff like that. Yeah, you were, you were aware of it. That's dope, man. Yeah. You know, even for myself, growing up in Zimbabwe, when people hear, like, complain about lines, I'm like, we used to having no food in the grocery stores when we were younger. We used to wait in lines and we used to return bottles just so we could buy bread. And that was, <laughs> that was the one thing we could afford, you know what I mean? Half the time there was yeah. no food, there was, no, there was nothing for us. So I kind of got used to that. So for me, when I seen that, I was like, it's not as bad as, you know, a lot of other people probably have it. And for me, even then, it wasn't as bad. So that's, it's a crazy time. People are freaking out of a tissue, man. It's crazy. It's a crazy time. <laughs> yeah, man. Right next to the Tiger Tank t- t-shirt. You know what I mean? Just get a crazy, crazy time. Kids. <laughs> the things we freak out about, eh? So that's dope. So you said your brother was already in the scene, right? So he was a big influence to you as a dancer then, I, I could imagine. He wasn't a dancer. He was like 
a tagger. Oh, right? tagger, but he was still in the scene, right? Connected somehow? I mean, not really, like, uh, like not in the scene how we think of a breaking scene. Mm. Um, he was like a tagger. You know, tagging was like actually a big thing in, in L.A. Yeah. In the early 90s, you know. And, yeah. Um, I didn't really know what's happening, but I just, I looked up to my older brother and he was like hanging out with friends that all were into tagging. They had a crew. They had like this, you know, streetwear, kind of like troublemaking type of kids, but but a couple of the of his friends, in fact, I remember two in particular. Uh, one guy named Old School. He, he would write O L S K U. That's Old School. And uh, yeah, super dope name. And then another guy named Creature. They were like really the dopest artists out of their friends, wow. and they were like hip hip to hip hop. So they had the black books. They had like shell toes and just crazy fashion and hip to like Star Wars and, and things like you were not going to find out unless you get it orally oral history kind of thing in the 90s like you know what I mean that's hella dope man so did you ever get into tagging too I, I messed around you know just uh, not like in the streets or anything but looking at letters practicing letters making mm. like shirts like because streetwear was also part of the you, for everything from the fashion and music mm -hmm. to the art and in that process i saw images of breaking through like the movies that they introduced me to wow you know, breaking beach street star wars those things and uh you they would be like underground uh like magazines like this magazine called can control okay that had images of people breaking but most of the magazine was like pieces and artwork you know damn that's dope yeah that's yeah, dope. It was, like, underground zine you know so as a kid i was like i already was attracted to that you know mm. but i'm not a, i'm not like as a kid going oh this is hip-hop culture i'm just kind of <laughs> like this is tagging this is hip-hop yeah rap you know breaking I, I just liked all of it you know the the, the style and, and the creativity and stuff that's dope as hell man so when you got into the scene and and i was reading up on it right it was in the 97 right yeah i mean i i, I use that date 97 as like point where i started being aware that oh there's breakers out here mm, so you're doing it earlier break practicing and i got involved like that like going to jam not really going to well actually the reason the main reason i used 97 is that my first event was in 97 mm. but yeah basically around 96 i started meeting friends in my neighborhood that were into breaking practicing with them and then in 97 went to my f first event and i was like the light switch turned on in my head like oh snap like, damn something that, like, I want to be a part of you know damn so so around that time you got straight into breaking now when did this whole creativity you know stands alone origi originality stands alone and all that come into play okay so that is something I could always speak from my experience because it predates me kind of you know yeah because, yeah for sure for sure uh, originality stands alone that that name is a, a dancer by the name of D-Rock from a crew in, in Pasadena, California, named called 101. Mm -hmm. he, he coined that phrase as something he would say. And Stuntman, who's a well-known breaker from Pasadena 101 and also the crew on part of Now Style, it's, he is uh, the one who took, you know, he, he was, him and D-Rock like close friends for same crew. He took that kind of thing and we started entering competitions under that. That's dope. I would say the first time I entered with with that name was I think '99. Dang. Freestyle session. It was me, Stuntman, and uh, this dancer from San Diego named Manson. And, and, and we entered as original Stand Zone. That's the first time I remember really 
hearing it as a name for some, but it wasn't like this is a crew. It was like me, Stunts, and Manson are there. We wanted to end the competition because we're just at this gym in San Diego, freestyle session, and uh, I think it was freestyle session four. And uh, they're like, yo, let's enter. And Stuntman signed us up and signed us up under that name. That's hella dope, man. <laughs> it's such a simple yeah. concept, but it's such impactful. So impactful. And Stuntman is like my mentor, you know what I mean? He took mm. me under his wing and, and really learned a lot from him. Just, he's someone I looked up to even before I met him as someone going to jams in 97, 98. I noticed him and a bunch of other dancers like right away, and they were dope. Like They influenced me. Just like someone probably is influenced watching YouTube and stuff. For sure. Like I would go to jams and, and really be inspired by them. You know him? Jash, Brick Rock, uh, Drunk Funk, G Wiz, Custer, Shrimpoo. There's all, all these dancers that, like, a lot of them come out of that 101 crew. Mm. I'm talking about from Pasadena. So, anyways, so Stuntman, it was like, so, but we weren't a crew together. But when we entered competitions, it would be Original Stunts and then Robzilla as well kind of made up that kind of track. Like, to me, it was like me, Robzilla, Stunts would really flag that name, Originality Stunts. That's a dope name, man. Just that, just that name alone is impactful. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, I, I mean that, that's the thing for us is like really that's how we looked at things. You know, that yeah. was our worldview, our outlook. You know. Wow. So, so in terms of that generation of originality stands alone, you were fusing so many different styles. So, were you just dabbing in the styles, or were you just like creating with the idea of that I can take from this and that? I mean. This is, for me, the, how things were. Like, I never learned in a classroom. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I was in high school, met, saw other breakers in my high school, befriended them, we would practice after school. Mm-hmm. Then, I, then I went to these jams, I would see dancers that I thought were dope and that I would go home inspired by them, you know what I mean? I had no way to, like, watch footage of them. It's just my memory of what I saw them do. So that was like not there was nothing calculated about what i did like i never sat down and said i want to do this you know? <laughs> it, it was more like who i was hanging out with what i was mm. the only footage we had was really like beat street breaking and a couple like underground breaking videos like seven gems and radiotron wow so so i say that to say like i was practicing popping by myself like at my house when i would dance by myself i would usually just pop and uh, because I was into that style, mm-hmm. but there was really no friends I had that were popping. I would see the old school movies. I would see people in my neighborhood and come across things. I knew about popping since I was a kid, like pre-97. Wow. I have pictures of me, like as a junior high student, popping. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, and I don't really know how I got into it. It's just probably through my brother's friends and seeing movies and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And seeing glimpses of it in my neighborhood, like old school dudes doing it and putting it all together. Anyways, so popping was in me already. I, I was like that feeling of connect, contracting the muscles and stuff. Yeah. Then I'm going to breaking events, hanging out with breakers, practicing breaking moves. And then on top of it, I was into underground hip hop already before breaking. Okay. And, and I got kind of like hanging out with cats that were like freestyle dancers mm-hmm. in my neighborhood as well. This is all kind of happening at the same time. So I was influenced by all three of those things pretty heavily. All three of them equally heavily. Damn, they're still popping, breaking, and then so when I got involved in like me practicing and stuff, I kind of fused it. Damn. So so now when you took upon all those styles and you fused them, how were other people viewing you? Because I know you guys were saying, okay, originally stands alone, but was the scene against you or was the scene supportive of that? 
Okay, okay, good question. Uh, let me see how I can answer. Okay, so when I'm hanging out with, like, uh, it goes through stages, you know what I'm saying? So, like, the local neighborhood thing, I'm not really that developed. I'm kind of doing generic popping moves and generic breaking moves. Usually when we would dance at a party, I would do more so, like, popping styles, you know? Mm. As I met Stunts and he kind of, like, took me under his wing and all that, and I'm already inspired by people I'm seeing in L.A., all that really mattered to me is what they thought, you know? This is, like, before I met them. People like Stuntman, Poe One, uh, Jash, Brick Rock, cats like that, Drunk Funk. Mm-hmm. Once, once I became friends with them, and the way that I became friends, they noticed me dancing, especially Stunts came up to me one day and was mm-hmm. like, you got a dope style. That, when that happened, it didn't matter to me what all the other breakers thought, you know? Because these guys, to me, were like the cream of the crop, like real elite artistic dudes. Breaking. A lot of other breakers were dope, too, but they were doing like power moves, dancing without their shoes on, you know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah. helmet. There was that. There was like breakers that were more traditional footwork and foundation-y. There was a whole mix of people in the scene. And not that I didn't care about them, but the opinion that mattered to me was that, that, that crowd. And they, and they, I became friends with them. Wow. And then other people in the scene also showed me love. I never got any flack, like, yo, that's whack. Not to my face, you know what I'm saying? So I would have to say, though, although people probably, some people didn't understand what I did, nobody gave me flack for it, you know? That's dope. That's yeah. hella dope. Especially in that time, I could imagine people seeing so many different, but I guess at that time, too, a lot of creation was going on. Everything was kind of fresh, right? It's that, the context of where we're at, a lot of it is, like, jams where it's not a big deal. The contest isn't that big of a deal. Mm-hmm. Like the, the contest is happening, but, I mean, really, circles are, are where you show show yourself and get a name and get a reputation, and then uh-huh. you enter the contest. Once you get up to that level of competing with, like, the dopest people, that's how I looked at it, you know? I, I want to, like I said, people started noticing me not by entering a contest. They would see me in circles. Stuntman approached me. I was already actually down with the crew called West Coast Rockers before that. So, um, yeah, people noticed me, like, mostly in, in ciphers. And uh, and what's dope is dope, too. Back then, if, some, if something is dope, you just know it, you know? Mm-hmm. It, was, it was a community thing. It wasn't, like, a rule book thing, you know? That's dope. Yeah. That's dope. Such a different time, because even when we were coming up, we got a lot of a lot of smoke, you know. It was like, nah, you're not doing it this way, you're not doing the traditional way. So I feel like as time grew, there were a lot more rules and there were a lot more regulations and labeling and all that stuff. But I guess in your guys' era, it was almost still fresh. It was a you had to get respect. And maybe it's part of it was my ignorance too, mm. because I, that stuff did apparently exist, but I didn't get introduced to it till I already kind of like was in my lane, you know, that I already was on my path. Like, I got introduced to it hanging out later on and. and uh, I mean, I remember Stuntman actually again telling me we had a we were practicing one day at, at LA uh, Cal State LA this college out there just we would practice like a practice spot in LA and he I remember vividly like him talking about that and I was like confused like foundation and this the rules I was like what like, and then <laughs> and then he explained it to me and I didn't know about it you know what I mean it was kind of like that and he he explained it to me in in the sense of uh, OGs like Rocksteady and, and when it comes to popping electric boogaloos and he explained it to me I was like oh shit I didn't know that man these guys say what you know and, and so I listened but then uh, you know I thought about it 
as time went on and more and more I started noticing it, the rules, you know, mm -hmm. People, what they said and, and how they thought. And uh, I think it existed back then too, you know what I mean? Especially in the popping world, I, I, I definitely think popping probably had a little more of a thing like that than, than breaking. Damn. But, yeah. Yeah, I, def I definitely believe that. <laughs> it still goes till today, <laughs> popping more than breaking. If you if you ever follow the popping things, there's so much like history's been this, history's been that. Who did this? Who did that? I don't hear too much about it in breaking. And I don't know, Benzo's in the in yeah. here. He could vouch for that too. I don't know. He could let us know too, Benzo. Let us know in the comment section too. That's crazy. So in terms of you guys were practicing at this college, what did the practice look like for you guys? Um. Another good question, man. Um, so this college spot, for example, I'm going to use it as an example. Mm -hmm. It wasn't a sanctioned thing. Mm. We would just go. It was a gym in a in a Cal State University. They had a basketball gym or whatever, and you would go upstairs, and they had like kind of like a side room that, I, if I remember, had mats and things like that. Rob Zilla is in here, too. He, he would oh, is? Okay, dope. Down better than me. I saw him earlier. But, uh yeah, it was like me, Zillis, Stuntman, we would go to the... A bunch of people in LA would go to this spot. But there was no... We weren't technically allowed to be there. Dumb. You know what I mean? Just no one bothered us. And eventually, I heard later on down the line, the university kicked the breakers out. You know? Wow. And, and, and kind of banned it. But we would do that a lot. We would go to like a gym, a university, and just fig, find a room and dance there, you know? And if we get kicked out, we get kicked out. Uh that was the practice spots, and we try to find places. Uh, there was one or like organization called Foundation Funk Collective mm -hmm. in the '90s, and uh, they had organized practice spots because they were like a hip hop, kind of like a political activist hip hop organization that was super dope, super important for LA in my experience. That's dope because they had a lot of uh, sessions and jams and things like that. But they had practice spots regularly at a couple of places, and usually it would be like a studio, a dance studio, where they rented it and allowed breakers to come. That's dope. But me personally, I practice a lot on my own, mm. and I, I would practice with stunts and Rob a lot, and, and, and then later when I met elsewhere, practice in his garage and stuff. That's dope. So now, in terms of your practice, let's say practice on your own, because I find that's that's where you can zone out the most. You know what I mean? When you're practicing alone, what type of music are you is drawing your inspiration or drawing that creativity out of you, or is it actually no music? Um, yeah, for me, the music is very important, man. Um, it's it's vast majority is like hip hop, like I would say underground hip hop stuff from day one. You know, again, even before I got into dancing. I was listening to, like, through my brother, you know, mm -hmm. exposed to stuff that wasn't on the radio, you know what I mean? Or that at least wasn't on the radio a lot, you know, like, stuff like Lords of Underground, mm. Nuts, Cypress Hill, Tribe Called Quest. Like, I, I was listening or exposed to that as a kid, like a young junior high age kid, when, whereas on the radio they played, like, Snoop Dogg and, you know, Puffy and all that stuff. So, yeah, yeah. Which was not bad, but that wasn't, like, and so then, like, in high school, it was, like, more of that grimy, real underground stuff in LA, like dilated peoples and all that. So I was into that already. And so when I got to dance, it was beautiful because this is something I could do to this music that I already really dig, you know? Wow. So when I practice by myself, it's basically what I did pre-Midas, you know, when you ask like <laughs> yeah. listening to music when I get home, but now I'm like playing music and dancing to it and practicing moves. Wow. And just expressing myself, you know what I'm saying? And like moves are coming out of it magically. That's and dope. I'm tripping, I'm like, 
like, yo, how, <laughs> this is crazy, you know, you, you yeah, can yeah. get into the pocket or whatever, and moves get created, and you're just like, if you could control that and kind of repeat that move, you can now developing an arsenal out of that, you know? That's dope. So, so through that creation, you created so many things. Now, how was you guys, in terms of documentation, prior detours, how were you guys kind of remembering all these things? Because now we can just take a phone and record and, you know, save that for later. What were you guys doing? Were you writing it down in books? Like, what was your process around that? Uh, yeah, man, I think everybody had a different process. I, I could say for me, I would write down stuff. Mm -hmm. In fact, even that was, I was inspired, influenced by Stuntman again. He was like, uh, he would write that. He wouldn't write down moves, he would name moves. So oh. he had a move called the Taco, uh, uh, Quiero Taco Bell, which was like a commercial. <laughs> he had a move called Quiero Taco Bell. He had like funny names, you know, yeah, yeah. Cooking, uh, and like names like that. So I started naming certain moves and I would also write them down, like describe them, like uh, to remember them next time I look, come down to the paper, I might not remember what, you know, like circulatory system means, you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. It's just a name, but if I describe it underneath the title, then I could read the physical description like hand here elbow and i would literally make up my own lingo to like describe it to make sense to me what i'm doing you know? that's dope as hell that's man how, yeah that's how i would document stuff i would write down a lot of stuff that's dope i i appreciate that the most because even with my crew we used to do that especially with the tutting angles and stuff we draw like icy can attest to this we draw like stick figures and all of that in like different shapes because <laughs> that that was another way to just remember things I, I tried to draw things sometimes like stick figures. I couldn't. I couldn't do it. Like, it just didn't work for me. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, I was like, I would come back like a couple of days later, look at it. I couldn't understand what I. Had to do, <laughs> you're, you know? you're like, what kind of stick figure is this? <laughs> yeah. That's funny. So, so in terms of detours, I, I was I rewatched a bit of it too, and basically towards I was watching some of the trailer stuff, not the full the full one. But it talks about how you were the first one to bring the footage to everybody else. You you had some footage where it referenced uh, other styles of that weren't even dance forms, like from Africa. How was you? How were you able to access that stuff? So I was I was going to school at a university, Cal State mm -hmm. Pomona. Just like I said, there's there's all these universities, Cal State mm -hmm. in California. The the one near my house that I went to was called Cal California State Polytechnic. Unit, called Cal Poly Pomona. Okay. I was a student there, and they had a library where it had a, and I would go to the library and look at all the dance videos they had, you know. Yeah. And I would just check them out and come home and watch them. Wow. Just all kinds of dance, like nothing having to do with hip hop. They didn't have any hip hop related stuff there, really, you know. So uh, I was just interested in dance and learning. You know, I was big on learning, coming out of high school, reading a lot and all that stuff. So. Um, yeah, man, and, and I, my boy Wizard, I had a homie who lived a couple of, you know, blocks down from me. We would practice all the time, Wizard, West Coast Rockers, and he would watch kung fu movies a lot. I would go to his house, he'd mm -hmm. always be watching kung fu movies. And I just noticed all these things just personally in my life, and then when we started doing detours, the detours thing was kind of in effect already, and then I came to Elsewhere, and I was like, yo, I have this idea, bro, because I keep seeing breaking moves and other things obviously awesome. we know about capoeira yeah yeah we know about the, but there's a lot you know there's a lot of footage like parallels i'm seeing so he was like bring it over you know and, <laughs> and he had the machine to take the vhs put it in the computer like digitize it wow yeah so he figured out I mean, he I, that to me i wasn't even aware of like that poss possibility you know wow but 
but yeah, we worked on it together. You know, I, it was my idea, and I basically did all most of the first. Then Zilla started noticing. Th- you know, he once the idea was out there, other people noticed stuff and brought it in. You know. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. But yeah, man. And then I had a, I had like a, by that point, which is like late nineties, early two thousands, a collection of breaking footage too. You know, B Boy Summit mm. and like event videos and. You know, just different videos and stuff that you would get from a friend and you would dub it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then give it back to them and stuff. We would just... <laughs> just pass on. Because footage was hard, hard to find, you know what I'm saying? So when, whenever I got a tape, I would dub it. You mm. know what I mean? And, um, and yeah, bro, we, we just put it together. That's so people, dope. Also, I should say, too, for the parallel scene and Detours, there was people who did little bits of that before. Mm. Like I, I remember, Easy Rock had a video called Overflow. Easy Rock from Rock uh, Rocksteady, no longer part of it, but not, but very you know influential dude on the West Coast. He had a video called Overflow, and in the video, he shows a kung fu guy doing like kicks on the floor that look kind of like a breaking move. But that's it. There's no parallel with it. He's just showing breaking, breaking, and then a kung fu clip. You know what mm. I mean? kind of a mixtape style. Yeah, yeah. Then uh, I saw a video called Dance Black America, which was about, uh, it was a show in New York in the 80s. It's mostly like African, African dance, African-American dance celebrating that cultural heritage. And in the show, they have a breaking crew. In wow. The 80s wow. In the video for the show, when they're showing the breaking crew, they show old black and white footage from like, now I know they were, they, the black and white footage was, Actually, I don't know what it was. It was like uh, two people dancing, like in the late 1800s. You know? Wow. I, I guess Thomas Edison or something filmed it. I, don't quote me on that, but it's like a really old clip. So they're showing the breaking in the 80s, and then they they fade into that old footage, showing that this is similar, you know? Wow. Yeah, So, but it was just that one clip. And then yeah. so I saw that overflow thing, the Dance Black America thing, and and then, yeah, I just put more of that process like together wow that's hella dope man <laughs> just yeah, to, to even have access to that footage i can imagine like even showing somebody else and somebody been like damn you you, you know like you serious <laughs> well that's why i wanted to do it because imagine me i'm like seeing my boy wizard's house i'm watching kung fu at his house and i yeah. see a sweep i see a you know a swipe or something similar to break i'm like yo rewind that bro you know and then <laughs> And then I'm checking out these videos of like yoga and, and kung fu and, and tap, and I'm seeing stuff that like, yo, wait a minute, like so and so does that, or we do that, or this and that. And so I wanted to put it together mm. <laughs> so I could watch it as one thing. <laughs> That's like literally the reason we did it. Wow. Because this was just scattered to, uh, in my in our minds, you know. Wow. That's actually all all of detours. We didn't, when we're making it, we don't know anybody's going to watch this really. <laughs> you could put out a project and nobody sees it. Yeah, know? for sure. There's no guarantee everybody's going to watch it, you know? <laughs> so we just put it, we just put things together that we liked. But the us for me, Robzilla, Elsewhere, and Cujo. And uh, that was one of them. We just wanted, like, I wanted to do that just so I could see a, like a kind of a, a collage of it, you know? Wow. <laughs> such such a simple idea that blew up detours like hit generations 
Like the fact that it hit us and so many other people must have been so impactful for you guys. How was that effect on you guys when you guys, did you guys ever know that it would be this big? Or, well, you guys didn't in the beginning, right? But when it hit and became this big, what was that impact for you guys? Man, it was, it was crazy. Like uh, w one other crazy thing that happened with that. Yeah, like again, we, we made it and we didn't know. We were happy with it. I remember being really happy. I knew it was dope, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Because not my part, you know what I'm saying? Not like, um, I would watch Robzilla's part. I would watch Kujo's part. I would watch Elsewhere's part. I would watch other, and they put together like crazy stuff. So I was a fan of Detours, you know mm. what I mean? <laughs> Even though I'm involved in it, I'm like tripping out. Yeah. All of us together was like, I was happy. Like, yo, this is something I'll like just watch later in my life. And it's something we did together, wow. you know? And that was already enough. But then when it started getting out there and people reacted the way they did, like, yeah, bro, it was it was uh, it was like humbling and, and dope. You know what I'm saying? It was, wow, what a yeah. time, man! What a time to be alive, brother. <laughs> so oh, and, and, and it means a lot. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. The fact that you guys. Oh, for sure. Also, it's like I, a lot of dancers I respect because like you guys, Moonrunners. You know the fact that you guys appreciate it. Like mm -hmm. that's just like when I said stuntman and those guys' opinion mattered to me. Everybody else could actually hate me i don't really care it's those guys show me love which wasn't people didn't hate me but i'm just saying like that's how i thought mm -hmm. it's the same thing with you guys like people like you you know snap connects every i see every the fact that you guys dig it is means a lot because i actually like like i'm inspired by you guys you know mm -hmm. what i'm saying and then i go to like russia or ukraine and i see people like you know roughneck attack uh intact those guys just all, all the dancers out there and, and that part of the world they they tell me stuff about detours and stuff like that that really means a lot you know what i mean because it's mm -hmm. like it's just a beautiful exchange of energy you know what i mean mm -hmm. More so. that's beautiful man wow and you you could tell a lot a lot of us were so inspired that our styles kind of derived from that even for moonrunners in our earlier stages we were like nah we got to be creative and we were we were building so many things and you guys kind of started that for us so that created that ripple effect where we just could see things faster. We could create things without even having reference. Just by, you know, from you guys starting that kind of idea, as soon as it passed on to us, it blew up. It just keep going. It's dope, man. I love that. So. That's what's up. No, I mean, sorry, let me just charge my laptop, brother, man. Thing is not on charge. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's hella dope, man. What a crazy story, though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah brother. I'm and it's like the way you guys dance is like totally different from, from what you know we do. But but the the thread of connection is that mm -hmm. core, you know, expression thing and 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 uh, bring something different to the table. You know? That originality stands alone, man. It it goes far. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and that's why we moonrunners, baby. Yeah, <laughs> man. So so you were dancing a lot then, and I could imagine through that time creating a lot. But what else were you doing beyond dancing? Did you have other hobbies? I know you were. You're a heavy school head, right? So did you have other things that you were doing? Yeah, I was I was going to school. Um, I was also, like, involved in, like, political activism and mm, stuff like that. Wow. Uh, on, on campus, you know what I mean? Like, I was involved in, like, you know, social justice activities mm -hmm. at the university. And then, like, in the Armenian community, I was involved in, like, organizations, youth groups and stuff like that. Wow. So uh, I was doing both of those at the same time, you know? Wow, man. So I was like, going to school, 
going to meetings and going to protests. And I think there was a lot of anti-war stuff happening at the time with, like, Iraq war and shit, stuff like that. Community educational stuff. Just all kinds of things, man. And that's like, crazy. Um, that's, that's like, yeah, if, if, if there's another side to me that people in the dance world know me as a dancer, they might not expect or know that I'm, like, kind of involved in other things that could be taken as, like, ser- very serious or mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then people who are, know me in, like, the activist world kind of get surprised sometimes when they know I dance, you know? Because wow. They're two different kind of worlds, but... But, yeah, the... Hobby wise, like I don't really have too many hobbies, you know. Um, but now with quarantine, you know what I mean? I'm getting into like cooking and stuff. <laughs> Minus the chef, the new thing coming out. <laughs> oh, that's amazing, man. Oh, man. So, in also, I've, I've watched a couple of your interviews. You talk about this idea that dancers have fear in a way that kind of you know, doesn't allow them to progress faster, in a sense. So, did you ever have a moment where fear impacted you, or were you always just ready to go? Hmm. That's a good question, too, man. Um, I I was lucky because I grew up in a certain context, mm. na- namely L.A. The, like I said, the jams were a little bit more about ciphers, at least from how I looked at it. We would go to clubs, we would go to parties. We weren't going to competitions. Like, we didn't think like that. At least I didn't. Mm-hmm. And I was lucky because the people I looked up to accepted me. You know what I mean? And they took me in. And actually, I got to hang out and be friends with the people mm-hmm. I looked up to. Like, uh, again, like Stuntman and, and all, the, all, all the guys I named already. Yeah, yeah. So that when that happened, I remember that really eliminated the fear for me. Prior to that, I was afraid that what if they look at me and go, this this dude is like biting us because mm. I never bit their moves, but I was clearly inspired by them. You know mm-hmm. what I, mean? I would take something they did and try to do it different, add my version of it. That's so if it's like a thread where you're, you know, grabbing your leg this way and putting your thread over here. Like I'm gonna do it where I grab my knee and do a different variation of it that they don't do, but I'm seeing inspired by watching them. You know. So there was a part of me that, you know, I was like, what if they don't like what I do? What if they don't uh, accept it? That would have been bad, you know what I mean? That yeah. would probably be in a make or break kind of moment for me because I really looked up to those guys. And then I met Poe, and then I met Stunts, and then right after that, like, it was like full steam ahead. And I actually got really active because I was so filled with inspiration and, like, kind of support, you know what I mean? They they probably don't know that, you know what I'm saying? That's crazy. I don't crazy. know if I've ever told them like that, but... <laughs> But as a kid, teenager coming up, that's like kind of like what happened, you know? Yeah. And so after that, I was less afraid. Then I got confronted with these issues, you know, the, the foundation thing and stuff like that. And it never really affected me because the way I approached that is I would think about it. I wouldn't never accept it just based because someone said it, you know? Mm-hmm. And the more I looked into issues of history, issues of vocabulary, mm-hmm. issues of principles in the dance... I started noticing the, a lot of people talking about that stuff are contradicting themselves, Ooh. and it doesn't make sense, bro. It's not that solid. A lot of the the intent is good, preserving things, paying respects, paying homage to where it comes from, but the way you get there is not by just saying stuff that doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And a lot of people lie. A lot of people 
don't know what happened and they just know their personal experience and they generalize it to the cultural experience, it's like that's not right. You know what I'm saying? So I noticed those things as a as a dancer, man. So, but yeah, I could see. I, I can't say I'm like fearless, courageous. No, I'm just more so like trying to work every day to get better. You know? Wow, that's how adult, man. I would say you're more conscious, and you understand. You understand it from a historical context. Versus from a label context, because we we in the label world now, you know, everyone's a teacher, and this style is this step exists to this step to that step, and you're like, damn man, how many steps we got? <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, and, and that that consciousness thing and looking into it, it uh-huh. gets deep, really, because there's a lot of stuff. It's like, why do we do that? Ooh. Why is that the right way to teach, or why mm-hmm. is that the right way to like think about stuff? Mm-hmm. What for something simple? Why does every step have to have a name that is the official name? You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I get it for, like, maybe a class for the sake of that class. When you say box step or two step, or you want the class to understand rather than say, do that one, you know, for communication for a class. But for the whole culture, there's different regions have different names for that step. And why? That's the reality. Yeah. So why, according to who, do we have to make sure there's a name? To me, the important thing is the step. Mm. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But I'm not to say that, like, I'm right there. No, it's just, this is my personal, like, outlook on one one mm-hmm. small example of how, you know, we should think about why are we even doing the things we're doing. Wow. That was deep, man. <laughs> you had me pull back for a second. I'm like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> no, no, but, like, no, it, it, it makes sense to yeah. get it. For me, yeah. personally, I could see, okay, in a class... You're teaching a class, you're doing something, or even a, a group. Like I said, we named our moves, you know what I'm saying? So it, it, it helps you remember things. That it, it's practical. Yeah. But if the reality is there's a step where in this part of the Bronx, they called it the sweep. In this part of it, they called it the around the world. This part of it, they call it the helicopter. That's a reality. Are you really respecting the history if you're saying this is the right name? Don't call it anything else. Wow. Why not tell the history how it is? It's a little more complex. Mm. But there's also a beauty to that, that each area did it their own way. That's mm. another thing. There's not one way to do a sweep. There's like multiple ways you could do it, get mm-hmm. into it, get out of it, do it both, let both sides. Like, So, yeah, I mean, that, that's just one example, bro. But, but, you know... I think, in my opinion, there's things that have affected the way even these dances get taught or talked about. 100%. That people who do it don't even really maybe know why they do wow. it like that. Wow. But, and again, it's not to say that that way is wrong. You know? Yeah. I'm not trying to say that. I'm just saying these are things to think about, especially yeah. as dancers and stuff, as practitioners. That's dope, man. And there was a guy... He's a professor. His name is Marcel. He was also talking about the idea of culture. Usually it's derived from culture. Like, I can speak for myself too. In, in Africa, we have nothing to tell us about what's going on in Europe. You know what I mean? Maybe a little one-two DVD of, of some dance move, but no reference because we still don't understand. Language contest, context in that sense, we don't even understand what people are saying. You know what I mean? So, yeah. for us, we would take things and also not really know what the label was. We would just take it and flip it because we didn't even know what it was. So a lot was also being done prior, you know what I mean? So I, I see what you're saying in that sense too. It makes um, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, I, I think about this too, like, uh, because I teach classes and stuff sometimes. Yeah, yeah. And um, this, like, for example, breaking. Breaking spread around the world without any teachers teaching it. 
it basically spread by, and I don't want to say any teachers because there are stories of people who were from the Bronx or from places going to California, people in the army going to Japan or, or Europe and different wow. things like that, where there is actually people-to-people contact and that influenced it. But a lot of people watched movies, mm-hmm. a lot of people watched videos that they got, and then in the 90s, it was like underground videos. Mm-hmm. This is all spreading without anybody controlling and, 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 and trying to make it spread. And it's spreading in a way that's like, like you said, people taking it, coming up with their own variations of mm-hmm. stuff. And there's no master choreographer going around the world teaching it. You know what I mean? <laughs> Definitely as not. Break, break, <laughs> as far as breaking, you get what I mean? Mm-hmm. In fact, I didn't even, the concept of a workshop, I remember, didn't exist. In wow. Wow. In my consciousness to like the 2000s. Wow. That's when I started hearing about it. And it was like weird to me. I was like, a workshop? Like, <laughs> what are they going to do? Teach like five, six, seven, eight? You know, I didn't get it. <laughs> that's hilarious, but, man. But I just say to say that like, uh, that's a beautiful thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. It actually kind of shows the power of this dance. Wow. This dance style. Because, because popping and locking and, and all the hip hop, you know, you could go back further with like jet african-american dance styles before yeah. that, you know they all have that kind of like impact where it's like it's spreading without in fact it's spreading with people trying to stop it mm. you know? mm-hmm. it's like breaking was hated on i remember from my generation i was surprised to see breakers in my school because it was looked at by most students most kids my age as something played out from the 80s like that's wow. black that's corny that's wow out. so my brother and them, I've seen, you know, again, through the... But what I'm trying to say is we know for a fact that, like, people try to hate on these dance styles. The media makes it look like a fad. And the, or they'll say, this is some gangs and all. You know, there's all kinds yeah, of Yeah, yeah, for happen, sure. But they still spread, you know what I'm saying? So, I don't know. That's some beautiful, powerful stuff to pay attention to. Wow. 100%, brother. So, now, you were in the crew with, uh, you know, like, Wild Detours. You basically did with Elsewhere, Robzilla, Midas, and Stubman, right? How close would you say you were to these guys? Were you guys like hanging out on the on the daily as friends, or was it just dance related? Um, well, yeah, no, we we were definitely friends. You know what I'm saying? Uh, especially for me, I was friends with Rob first. Like out of those three other dancers, Rob was like the one I knew per, before elsewhere in Kudo. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, we rep in original dance long. We hang out, go eat sushi, go watch a movie. You know, it's not just dancing. You know. What I mean? mm-hmm. So we were, you know, to, to this day, that's my brother, you know what I'm saying? So same with Elsewhere. When I met Elsewhere, we started hanging out, me and him, I remember, just together, you know what I mean? Because he had that popping element, too, you know, which I had that love for popping and that background and mm-hmm. kind of dabbling with that. So when I met him, we kind of connected on that level, too. And uh, he's my boy to this day. Talked to him, like, a couple of days ago, you know, uh, and we're definitely friends, you know what I'm saying? But beyond just the dancing, Cujo, Rob Zilla, and elsewhere knew Cujo better than I did, you know what I mean? Mm, okay. But like through the process, we uh, we became friends as well. So that's dope. It was a it was a wavelength thing, but we were on the same wavelength, all four of us. That's how dope. So with the, with the time ever changing and things always progressing, did you ever look back at your footage and just be like, "That's whack," or were you always like, "Yo"? I did some dope shit. <laughs> or I could have been like, yeah, I could have fixed that a little bit. Did you ever like feel like, criticized by your movement that you could have tweaked something a little better? Yeah, man, of course. I don't really I don't really like watching old footage of me that Oh, you much. don't? Not really, no, because 
especially before and now I'm getting better at that nowadays like I could watch old footage and appreciate it yeah thing even though it looks not whack I know it's not whack but to me it's like nah I'm not, you know, I can't <laughs> watch it I can't watch it you know uh but but yeah like uh it's not really to be self-critical it's more so I don't really like listening to like 90s hip-hop too much either you know what mm-hmm. I mean it's, it's, it's actually a good analogy like I grew up on you know Jurassic 5 and and most deaf and all that stuff you get mm-hmm. what i'm saying uh common and you know you, you name it you know company flow all that stuff uh, but if you play if i play that now i won't really be able to get that hype and create i gotta play mm. new music to, to to get hype. like i'm always looking for new music i'm not wow. trying to stay in the past not because i think not because i want to be like nah get out of the past no like i like i still respect it i appreciate it. i can listen to it and, and it takes me back in those days, but uh, I'm not, I get bored of it, bro. You know mm. what I'm saying? And when I watch old footage of myself, it may be, be like an effect of, oh, I forgot about that move, but I'm not watching it going, no, that's dope. Mm-hmm. Now, if, I, if, I, if me and you go record some footage, right, t- tonight or tomorrow, I'll watch that footage mm. and I'll be, you know what I mean? But like a month or two, a year, I'm like, nah, it's over. I gotta move that's forward. dope. It's dope. It's kind of like you leave it in the vault. It's like when you find a treasure, you don't explore the treasure too much. You know what's dope? <laughs> Leave it over there. It's going to be good. <laughs> yeah. And if someone was like, yo, I want to get an old clip of you. I want to put it in this video. Yeah, yeah. Like, I could look at my old footage and I'll, I'll have this one I like more than other ones. You know what I'm saying? That's dope. That's dope. But I'm not trying to watch my old footage. Too. <laughs> yeah. I got to, I don't want to keep doing that. Like, yeah. Like well, it's a smart thing to do. I mean. You leave it there. And to me, it doesn't matter if you don't watch it or not. That footage is still hella dope. <laughs> it's always when you go back, it's like, damn, what were they thinking? Yeah, yeah. Um, to, like, to like go back and, and appreciate it and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Actually, the way that happens, people would tell me, because the YouTube era, you know what I mean? Old footage starts popping up. Yeah. So people would post old footage of me sometimes, and, and I'm like watching it going, damn, I can't even watch this. And they're like, oh, dude, that shit's dope. And I'm like, really? Like, <laughs> I'm starting to see how they look at it. Yeah, yeah. Because for my eyes, it's a little different. You know what yeah. Mean? But they appreciate it, and then that makes me kind of like appreciate it. Like, okay, I, I guess I'm biased, you know what I mean, the way I'm looking at myself. Yeah, for sure. Rob Zilla says he loves watching his old footage. He loves to recycle. <laughs> yeah. That's an excellent point, bro. That's, That's excellent dope. Point. I, I think it's a good good thing, you know what I mean? Yeah. So in terms of then, you were training a lot. What about now? Are you still training a lot as you used to? What are you? Are you still inspired as you were before? Yeah, I mean, um, well, out here in Toronto, because I'm in Toronto now, like, um, I, 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 before the quarantine and all that, obviously, <laughs> I, I, I train with, like, a albino zebra crew. You know? Okay, yeah, I know albino zebras. Shout out to albino zebras. Shout out to Zebras, yeah, like, those guys inspire me, you know what I mean, like, getting together with them, and it's, it's very similar, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, like, family, friends, you get what I'm saying? Same thing, it's like, yeah. we don't just kind of, like, hang out and dance only, kick it afterwards, talk, you know yeah. what I mean, go out, watch a movie, do, do, do different things. So, I like that a lot, too, so, uh, yeah, like, before this corona thing, you know, at least once a week, twice a week. I'd practice, and usually one one out of those two or three practices would be with Albino Zebra. Also, shout out to J Bugs. Oh yeah. Same thing. Dope. Shout out to you guys. You know what I mean? I always see you guys, bro. You, <laughs> Snap, I see everybody, and I'm just always like, I want to 
kick it and practice. Like, not really practice, more so just, just get body, down. You know, you know what I mean? But it, it, with us, it's like more so it happens when it happens kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I can't say I'm training, you know what I mean? But I have never stopped dancing, man. Like, That's dope. I still practice by myself is also, especially if I hear some music that gets me hyped. You know, uh, I'm, I'm going to probably dance to it. And then uh, with this corona thing, I've been taking time to exercise every day. And, dope, man. And things dope. Like that. Yeah. Dope. Yeah. So the transition into you now work in York University as a professor, right? A dance professor. Well, I'm is not, that I'm your title? I'm doing a PhD program at the university, okay. and as part of the program, I teach a TA classes, meaning you're teaching assistant. But the way it is at at the university, it's like you're basically teaching the course, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, and there was one, there was a couple times where I taught my own course as well. Yeah. I wow. think that's the, when you when you came through. I think that was one of the ones that I was like, they call it instead of teaching assistant, you're a course director. So yeah, it's just some, it's just some yeah, just some yeah. cool way of saying it. <laughs> you're teaching, yeah, yeah, but nah, it's like I'm I'm giving a long explanation. What you said is right. Yeah, I'm teaching at the university. Yeah, dope. So for you to transition into teaching at a university, did you ever like educate them on what our detours was and stuff like that? Because when I came in, they didn't even know who, how impactful you were to me. And I was like, yo, do you know who this guy is? Hold on, let me put my light on. Hold on a second. For sure, for sure. It's getting dark up in my camera. I can't see myself. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I'm, I'm like, I'm fading in the shadows. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't want to leave the conversation. I'm like, I can't go nowhere. <laughs> then I just kept myself uh, yeah, just... disappearing. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, so yeah, you know, I, I actually don't. I, I don't. I mean, something probably about the way I was brought up, or something like that. Like, I don't like talking about myself too much. You know what mm. I mean? And uh, there's already so much you could teach in a classroom without mentioning you or your background or what you what you or your crew did. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Because, which is not to say that's the best way. It's probably something like a def, like a defect or something. You know what I mean? That's a little bit taking it to the extremes. Not good because also students get upset. They're yeah. Like, why didn't you tell me you're this and that? Why didn't you tell us your name is Minus? Why didn't you tell us like about this and that? And I'm just like, it's probably because I was brought up in a certain way. We're not supposed to like brag and be humble. Mm. Right? You're supposed to be humble, that kind of thing. Yeah. But um, but it's not like if it's necessary. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll I'll talk about stuff. For example, like one of the classes, the Olympics thing came up. You know, the issue of breaking being announced in the Olympics and stuff yeah, yeah. like that. And, and I was involved in that as far as, like, getting information out to the community about what's happening. Oh, yeah? Happening. Yeah, so there's, like, a Vice News article, like, it's quoting me. Wow. So, you know, I, you know, so I talked about my perspective on it, but I didn't limit it to that. I want the students to learn and think for themselves. So I showed them other videos, other information that they could wow. see different perspectives, you know what I mean? And uh, that's, like, on a, that's what I mean when I talk about also, like, not being robotic, you know, I think that's one of the best things to teach people because, uh, yeah, but a lot of people in the breaking and hip hop and popping, they're very robotic. They just listen to what people say and they have not developed the skills to think for themselves. And I, I don't want to actually just limit it to breaking, popping because look at right now, you know, we're going through a pandemic Yeah. and people don't know how to think about it. They don't know oh, man. where to get information, how to look through information. Like, like, there's scary things happening, dude. To me, people not believing 
certain things and I and I and I respect that too. Like you shouldn't believe what people say. Yeah. But you should be able to think and research and be able to like look into something you're interested in and find out truth and facts. Yeah, find the like truth that. within it. So you were talking about the whole corona and things and how people are dealing with them freaking out and all that panic. Yeah, man, I mean it's just again an example of like to me, people not knowing what to trust, what information to trust, you mm. know what I mean? And um yeah, like it's an important thing because the pandemic, every almost every country is being affected by it, you know. But there's still people who say it's a hoax, which I'd say, okay, maybe it is, but let's research it, let's look into it, yeah. let's look into like what people are saying, you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. It's uh, it's not about following a leader, you know what I mean? Following this person, following that. It's about being able to think for things and coming to your own conclusion. You know? mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people don't know where to look and what's up there and i think i related to dance because there's people who let's say you're a teenager 15 16 whatever you you get involved in popping you get involved in whatever dance style you want to pick you know what i mean joking this that the third now you you this becomes an important part of your life you make mm-hmm. friends after you express yourself and all that stuff so it's like then you want to pay homage to where it comes from but then it's like there's a lot of history that's never been told there's a lot of different mm. views there's a lot of people clearly like uh embellishing information <laughs> so it becomes, it becomes always kind of scary to, to, to be like to like figure out what's right yeah what to do because then you got to figure out what's what you believe to move forward with the next steps in your journey you know what i mean 100 percent so in your guys in your guys time did you guys ever have something like this like have to deal with something this crazy Nah, man, I can't say, I don't think there is. I mean, the closest thing I could think of is like 9-11, you know, mm. where people that, you know, me, again, like I, I was born in like a fucking, in like literally a bomb shelter, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like that's the craziest, man. Le- Le- Beirut, Lebanon, you know what I mean? Wow. So, so, even though I don't remember it as a kid, I mean, my parents, I know, I'm aware of what happened and that makes you question as a kid, why was there a war there? Wow. What was going on, you know? But uh, for people in the United States, I remember when nine eleven happened. They had never experienced like, and it was it was a historically tragic, crazy thing, you know, planes flying into buildings and stuff. It was insane, you know. So, um, so yeah, I mean, just the whole society was affected by it. That's why I mean that reminds me of it because everybody was paying attention to the news. Everybody mm-hmm. was like talking about it, you know. That's the first time I remember everybody I knew talking about the same news event you know what i mean mm-hmm. like without, without exception just like right now so everybody's paying attention to the news yeah yeah but but just like back then you get what i'm saying there's like a lot of ignorance to that so people don't know they're like let's just bomb every let's bomb the whole middle east it's like what are you talking about yeah you know? <laughs> just... like, what, what the fuck are you talking about <laughs> and then you know you know people back then with 9-11 you know blaming anybody with something on there like a people like Indian descent or, you know, South yeah. Asian descent. It's like, this, you don't know. Like, the ignorance level is scary to me, man. Yeah. Back then and right now, you know what I'm saying? People attacking Asian people and saying racist stuff. It's like, yeah, it's crazy, man. Not believing. It's just like, dude, man, and I'm not even really, I think there's a problem out there, bro. Educational yeah. problems. Yeah. People obviously also suffering and stuff. So, yeah, it it all relates to dance too because in dance it's like we don't talk about it. But there's people 
with financial problems in the dance world, bro, who, yeah. who are saying certain things to make money. Yeah. And you can't even really blame them. It's like they're they're trying to feed their kids or whatever. It's like they hustle, and the part of the, that hustle becomes telling the, the history dishonestly, you know? Mm-hmm. Maybe they even believe the stuff. So all this stuff we were talking about, like 9-11, COVID, like I related to, to the dance world too because I see similar, like, patterns obviously they're different but i agree with you too you know like in terms of like the culture i grew up in a lot of the african styles weren't as popular as they are now as they were back back then we were just doing them because it was something you know we could do it's something to do because there was nothing else to do you know you either be home bored your whole life or you go dance with the homies outside of the streets you know, mm-hmm. so to see how impacted the rest of Europe and how Africa is still suffering, but the rest of the Euro- Europe is making bank because it's easy to fly people around. For me, it's crazy that even though access-wise and like let's say they just shouted somebody out for us, it feels like a big deal because we're back home. But overseas, they're like, "Ha, ah, we can make this money. <laughs> we can make a new move now because we got respect because we're giving them a little something." It's crazy where time is now, you know. Wow. Yeah. That's a trip, and, and actually, like, it's a trip to, to find out, like, what was going on in, like... Yeah. Because you're from Zimbabwe? It's I'm from Zimbabwe, yeah. Yeah, like, how did you guys make up dances, and what were you doing? You know, that story is also important, man. Yeah. You know? And, like, interesting to me. Like, I'd be interested in, like, you know, just hear about that more. Yeah, that's all. Well, we'll talk about that later, because today's yeah, not yeah, about yeah. me, brother. It's about you. Bro, so I'm now, building with you, man, because you you got a lot of dope ideas and history. Respect, and brother. Respect, brother. Yeah. No. Someone said the same for them in Iran. When we meet up, we're always just like. Chop, oh no, we we definitely chopping after this, brother. After this, we grabbing a drink. <laughs> so so at that time, I could imagine people seeing you and seeing how original your whole team was. Were there a lot of people asking to be taught? Yeah. Well, yeah, man. Um, but as far as creativity, like teaching creativity, yeah. this is the crazy thing, right? Like one of the people that I think, you know, I remember being inspired and, and kind of like, you know, and later on down the lines, he, he was like, yo, you're like a mentor of mine and, and, and inspiration is, is a paranoid android, PA okay. from, uh, from Knuckleheads Cali. Dope. And uh, I remember him as a young cat, seeing him at a jam, he came up to me and was like showing mad respect and, you know, expressed how much me elsewhere were like inspired inspirational to him and stuff and i watched him dance and i was like yo that's dope this dude's dope and and then when i would see him he would always be around and we would talk and so i guess that's why he said you know oh you're like a mentor kind of thing i never felt like i was teaching him anything we were just wow. kicking it but he had that look of like inspiration the crazy thing is years later the first workshop i ever took was pas wow i had never gone to a workshop but like i said I started seeing that happen way, way more. You know, the scene started having a lot of workshops. Yeah. And it's like, what's going on in these workshops? You know, it was so different to me that the uh, PA was having one in, in like Southern California. I think it was in like Riverside. And I was like, I'm going to go to that, you know? Yeah. It was the first stuff I went to. I went there and he was like, what the hell? Like, what are you doing here? This and that? <laughs> Yo, he's actually a very good teacher. You yeah. know what I mean? And the way he taught that workshop, and uh, you know, I paid and took the workshop and learned what he was teaching. He taught in like a concept kind of way, you know. Wow. So I took that and it was really influential on me later on. How I, when I've been asked to teach workshops or do any sort of formal teaching, 
I, I prefer that method as opposed to like teaching choreography or teaching my vocabulary or moves mm-hmm. I made up. I'd rather teach someone like the concept behind it. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Which uh, PA was big on, and uh, he influenced me on that. That's dope. Pedagogical teaching level like that too. Yeah. Wow, that's dope. So, so in terms of teaching now, would you like jot down what you were gonna teach, or did you just like wing it and 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 let that happen? I think it's kind of crazy because it's similar to how I approach dance and the philosophy behind teaching and philosophy. I think like the dance has a lot of philosophy in it. Like so, when I dance, I don't know what I'm gonna do. Wow. But I also don't know what I'm gonna do. I have a plan, but I'm ready to to adapt and improvise. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And um, same thing with teaching. I try to generally have a plan, uh, some ideas, you know, but I also don't know who's going to show up. I don't know, you know, what they know, what, what their interest is. They might ask a question that leads to, a, like, a total diversion from my plan. Wow. But if they're interested in learning that, I'd rather focus on that, you know what I mean? Why am I going to be like, no, this is not part of the plan. <laughs> but that, that's just not healthy for, like, teaching, yeah. you know, in my opinion. Wow. So... So I have a plan usually, you know, and it depends on the situation. But um, I'm, I'm always, like, trying to practice, um, like, being adaptive, you know? That's dope, man. And that's that's yeah. a skill in itself. <laughs> it's, it's a, yeah, and it's like, you know, it, it's like this, man. It's like if some, if I'm in a class and I'm there to teach, let's say, like, you know, uh, Top Rock or yeah, yeah. or something, and someone just wants to learn, like, how to battle, yeah. Like, a, win a top rock contest. That's not really what I'm there to talk about, but if they want to talk about that, that's what they're really interested in. We could talk about how to direct your top rock towards someone, you know? Mm. Like, how to battle, we could do exercises based off of that. Mm-hmm. Where people are moving in a circle and you've got to, like, you know, target your moves towards certain people, you know? Mm-hmm. We could do freezes on top, you know what I mean? Like, how do you direct a freeze? Like, just, just, just a bunch of them, just giving some random example, you know? Yeah, no, it's dope. But if I went there to talk about like you know musicality, but they don't want to learn that, mm. they'd rather have. They're interested. I think teaching you gotta look at what people are interested in too. Mm. As as much as what you're interested in, you gotta look at what they're interested in. Because mm-hmm. I could I can so imagine. Be of a benefit. Go ahead. I was saying I can imagine at that time when your style is so, like how can I put it? Your style is so, you know what I'm saying? It's like it's not complicated, but it's like. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know the right way to put it in, <laughs> but you know, it's something you've never seen before. So I'm like, how would you teach something you've never seen before? But I mean, you could also teach people how to bring that out of themselves, which is dope. Yeah, and the, the other crazy thing is, again, I didn't. I don't look at what I do as that unique. Mm. I mean, yeah, no, I I do look at it as unique and creative. But what I mean is, like, I was influenced off of stuntman, off of jazz, mm. off of brick rock, off of so many people, bro. It's like not like one or two people. It's mm-hmm. like actually a lot of heads. If you see the way these guys dance, you'll see how I. And it's kind of crazy because in Toronto at the same time you had Bag of Tricks, mm. and, and later later on I saw Glizzy, uh, Mariano. I saw Gizmo. I saw Benzo. Yep. yep. And I was tripping. I was like, dude, these dudes like we are on the same kind of like like they. If I lived in Toronto, I would for sure be a inspired by that and that's why we put gizmo and uh, glizzy in detours oh yeah we, we, yeah there's a clip of gizmo and a clip of, oh, i never met them we gotta pull that up <laughs> yeah but but they were i was like yo that's just dope so 
there's a bunch, and if if you see these dancers from that era, unfortunately, there's not a lot of footage of them. Like no, um, in Toronto and in in, in uh, LA, but, or in everywhere, but but there was a lot of these dancers, man. We would just see them in person. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, if you see the ones I was inspired off of, you'll know how I dance. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It'll make more sense to you what I do. Mm-hmm. And within that, there's concepts and there's like. You know things you could tease out of it that anybody could could take and make their own. You know, mm-hmm. I mean? at the same time, like the cats I'm talking about, that I was inspired by. I don't look like them. No, I you don't. My own version of it. You know, I, my own thing with it. I couldn't even reference somebody you look like. <laughs> this, not even a way. That's a compliment, man. I appreciate that. <laughs> it actually means a lot. Okay, so I'm gonna pull this clip up. So for everybody that hasn't seen Detours, I got a clip here. This part on, Midas comes in. That put the whole parallel scene together. Uh, Midas brought down all this footage that, like, just shit that related to, um, to b-boying and, like, and just the movements that we do in this dance. Well, I, I'd seen a tape um, called Dance Black America, I think that's what it was called, and it was basically like a production, like a dance production, like the 80s, and they had a, they had, in the show, they had, like, a breaking crew. I forgot what crew it was, but it was like, from the 80s. And then when they show the breaking clip, they show like right after it, old black and white footage of like African American dancers like way back in the days. Gumbo. And it looks kind of similar to what the breakers were doing. You know? so, but the people who made that film kind of did a, a little mini parallel. Yeah, you know, I'm still still unreal to this day. Uh, but they were always like short, really really short, maybe like one clip. And then uh, I started noticing like tons of clips from different videos I had seen. And I would go to my friend Wizard's house and he'd be watching movies all the time. And like you see a lot of stuff in Kung Fu films. Of course, you have the Capoeira kind of similarities. Crazy, man. So I said, you know, to me personally, I was, I was interested in just putting it all together. How old are you here? Not necessarily, you know, saying anything with it, but just kind of showing that they're looking at all these similarities. You know, what we're doing and what people have done in the past. And even with us, as long as we dancers, like, uh, we have stuff that we're doing that's similar to things that have been done in the past or done in other aspects oh, wow. of life. So what it means. It can mean whatever you want it to mean, personally, you know? But, um, you know, the crazy nights quote in the beginning, I kind of agree with that. It's like you're manifesting something at a different time. Not, not necessarily that we're, that we're taking from all these different dances and all these cultures and just doing it now. But, you know, even sometimes you don't see that different dance or that different Ooh. move, but you just happen to do something. That <laughs> what a time, man. What a time. I love the word manifesting. And in, I love that. I love the way you guys speak about it that way. Yeah, man, and like, looking back on it too is like, you know, you take stuff from life and then stuff you don't take from life, you, uh-huh. you could be doing something that you don't even know someone else is doing, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. And, but then obviously there are like, things that are, have been influenced, um, and it's the crazy thing, because sometimes people look at like, breaking, popping, not, not just breaking, popping, like, I remember, you know, now that I'm in like, the academic world, I see, I read articles and books people write about dance in general yeah some people talk about like like 60s dance saying like the the twist and the mashed potato all these social yeah. dances. they make it sound like something happened in the 60s and it just all these dances suddenly occurred <laughs> but it's like if you look at the african-american community where it's coming from yeah they've been doing those dances you know bam, what I mean? bam bam you know, and like, for example, the 60s, they were also like, oh, women were no longer following the guy's lead. They would do a group dance 
and some people got individual they would freestyle it's like wow they've been doing that in the jazz era <laughs> so it's like everybody wants to come up and, and i'm sure young kids now are coming up in an era where they think they're doing a dance that is just brand new but and that's normal to feel like that but yeah. there's stuff that kind of came before you and we did that scene in detours is like for us that was part of the thinking too we're not doing this detours we're by ourselves now we're part of a bigger move you know a bigger tradition you know yeah what i mean and a human tradition because also russian dancing cats do stuff that you we do as breakers you know yeah what I mean? and there's stories of uh russian dancers influencing jazz dancers and a different type of influence kung fu yeah africa obviously you know what i'm saying uh, capoeira there's all kinds of like crazy connections like yeah that we're doing something you know deeper that we should look into the lineage of and respect that. Yeah. And appreciate the bigger human impact of it, you know. That's true, man. And even me being a jazz dancer now and and learning about yeah. the jazz history and all that cuz you know I've been doing the doing the funky business. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, yeah. but just learning about jazz in itself, man, it changed my whole perception cuz even watching like documentaries on like jazz dancers, they would also talk about the fact that they never pre-planned anything. They kind of just winged it and just went off with just like whatever whatever they were just influenced by at that time you know what i mean so it's kind of dope that that same like language was even then and they still even at that time they talk about how people you know still teach you know so teaching even then was a thing people were teaching watered down jazz at that time and they were like no nah, we never did it this way there's a there's a jazz documentary where they also put two clips aside and they put one clip where they did it and then the next clip where someone taught it and they said, look at the difference between the two. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> it forever changed the way I, I approach jazz. So I could imagine even at that, you know? So it's dope you guys made that Detours video up because it also has that reference that it's just a constant circle. And we all speak in the same language even if we don't understand each other or we'll never see each other. For sure. No, I mean, one, one thing, because we're just going off what you said that is interesting is again something I think about with like, mm -hmm. research and reading things is you hear a lot of jazz musicians and dancers say that they never practice, that they just mm -hmm. improvise. You know, and then some people say that, like, no, like, if you're growing up dancing, you know, from a young age, mm -hmm. especially, let's say, in the African-American community, that's much more common, mm -hmm. you know? Like, it's working-class African-American communities, like, where you're playing music, like, you're around music, you're dancing, that's a form of practice, you know mm. what I'm saying? That's how you develop it, is... Because there's some people that have also these things they say that's almost could, could kind of venture into like racist beliefs that you're born with it. You know what I mean? Yeah. But if you look at how people grow up, how they do it, they, they're acculturated to it as part of a community, family, mm -hmm. cultural practice, which is a form of almost practice. You know mm -hmm. And uh, so that's something to think about too when, when uh, people say, I just freestyle. Because... Even me, I could say, nah, I'm just freestyling right now. But that comes after years of dancing where, yeah, like, I don't need to, like, think about stuff. I could just kind of move and whatever. But um, I didn't I didn't necessarily grow up in my family dancing, like, especially, like, popping and breaking. But I've been popping since I was a kid, you know what I mean? And then, like, in 97 is when I got serious dancing every day, you know? And now it's, what, 2020. Yeah. So if I tell a kid I'm just freestyling, that's... <laughs> That's not really true, you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah. Because like, I have a whole vocabulary ingrained. Also, people who say they're freestyling, but they're doing six-step and, you know, Fresnos and this. It's like, those are moves someone else created that you're yeah. doing. So that can't be a freestyle. 
Oh. Yeah. Wow. We're gonna take a moment of silence for that one. <laughs> we go. We're gonna have a drink for that one. <laughs> Cheers, man. Cheers, brother. You know, you know, you kind of remind me of this jazz musician named John Coltrane. We were supposed to do a show actually on John Coltrane. Now, John Coltrane, he's a musician, but at the time, people used to think that John Coltrane was breaking rules because he believed at that time he was like, you know, I follow. Like, he, he, he made his own kind of... He never followed the keys that were made. He liked to break rules. It was more playful for him, you know what I mean? There's some really dope quotes. Let me find up some quotes for you. I got you covered. But just the way he, he understood things kind of like... It reminds me of Detours a lot. Let me pull that up. Just you speaking that reminded me of this whole thing I've been doing. Like some of the stuff he says is, my music is, my, is the spiritual expression of what I am, my faith, my knowledge, and my being. I start in the middle of the sentence and move both directions at once. Like just that idea is crazy to me. You know what I mean? That's nuts. <laughs> like I, the man said, I start in the middle of a sentence, not even the beginning, the middle, and move both directions at once. Like that can be broken apart in so many ways. So for me, I, now I want to I know from you. Oh, that, could, that, could be, that could be a whole Right? There's some powerful, like we were doing a full-on theater show about this guy, one-hour theater show. Obviously, this happened, so we had to put that aside. But we learned a lot about this guy and, and his values. I mean, it almost relates to what we do. You know what I mean? That's inspiration. What, what happened with the show, though, now? Like, it's like, what do you... Because I wanted to actually check that show out. Bro. Yeah, man, the show yeah, was so dope. We finished the whole show. Yeah, we finished the whole show and then this happened, so they put us on hold, right? Crazy, crazy, man. Yeah. And Hopefully, we, you know, once uh, things stabilize, man, I, I would definitely like to come check that out. Oh, yeah, yeah, you'd love it, man. It's so different and it's so dope, but, oh, man. It was, it was such an honor to even do it for John Coltrane and do it to his music and have a live band on the stage. Yeah, man. But, whew. Even let me leave you one more quote with him, one more quote with him. When you begin to see yeah. the possibilities of music, you desire to do something really good for people to help humanity free itself from its hang-ups. I want to speak to their souls. Damn. <laughs> this man is this man's a poet. <laughs> yeah, man. I want I got to, you know, that's that that whole thing about the, the jazz stuff you're doing too. Yeah. It's super interesting and it's something I'm more, you know, when I come across it, I don't know that much about John Coltrane and yeah. Jazz history and stuff, but I do know there is a lot to like be inspired by for there, you know, as something oh, for, sure. Like to, like, for sure. Learn more about, you know? So in your in your whole time in your generation, were you ever left with a quote where you were like, damn, I'm a, I'm gonna keep this with me. Do you have any quotes that you keep? Uh man, I mean originality stands alone is a quote. <laughs> yeah, true. Actually I love that quote to be honest. I was gonna say, like speaking of quotes and the jazz connection, like with detours at the end of detours, there's the finale, like the final thing where it's like zooming out into the tunnel. There's a quote from a jazz musician. Wow. Now, I can't really remember the name of the jazz musician, but elsewhere pulled that quote, and the quote is basically like, uh, "Everybody could be in the light. Like you could see in the light. You could take from this. You could take from that. It's malleable. Yeah. It's like the creative, the creative person always walks two steps into the darkness." Wow. And that's 
it zooms into like the the tunnel footage of us walk, the walking in the tunnel or the the silhouette of the tunnel as like this the all-in detours wow so that's the quote you know and that that goes again kind of with the concept of taking a detour you could be on that highway that everybody's on you know what i mean it's safe you're secure you're less fearful but the creative person to 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 push the boundary right yeah goes two steps into the darkness you know what i mean I love that, man. Wow. And I, I, there's another quote you said in an interview. It was, taking a pathless travel. That's what you had reference to. That is dope. Yeah, yeah that, that's the whole concept behind Detours, actually. like When we started Detours, that was the concept, was taking the pathless travel. It wasn't, we didn't have the name Detours until after everything was over. Wow. Uh, we were calling it the pathless travel. That's why we recorded footage like on the streets and different paths and different backgrounds. And had that theme before anything really started. We had that theme of, like, we're all on the same path. We learn vocabulary, you know, foundation, popping, breaking, these basic, these dances that, but then the way we do them, we take a different path than everybody else that we started out with. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, the end destination is the same. The, the, the original first step is the same because it comes from a tradition that came before us wow. but the path we take is a detour you know and, and Robzilla came up with that title you know what I mean yo big up yeah. Robzilla yeah wow that's the best way to put it yeah I got to Zilla okay we got a question for you brother uh, Crystal says I found what you said really interesting because we freestyle moves that others may have created but is it still considered freestyling even though it's it comes from practicing the technique that's like, you know, that's, that's, a, that's a kind of a deep philosophical question, you know, like, what is freestyling? Mm. It's kind of like the question, like, what is originality, you know? Mm -hmm. Because everything is influenced off another, you know, a, something that came before, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think, I think freestyling, it depends on how you define it. Mm. And, uh, you know, I think, uh, I think freestyling is just, it's more like, you know, for me... It's just not having a set formula that you already know you're gonna do. Mm. Do is like you're letting things happen on the spot. Mm -hmm. you know? But but I'll give you an example of like what I mean by like de defining it. The free there was when I started dancing in '96 '97. There was popping that I was doing on my own. There was breakers, and then there was a dance style called freestyling in LA. Wow. You know, and this basically what freestyling was was like. A, a continuation of like the hip hop social dances, the new jack stuff. Yeah. That got into like different versions. And it, on, on the West Coast, you had groups like Scheme Team, Soul Brothers, all these different groups. On the East Coast, you had Mob Tops and all that stuff. Right? Yeah. So, freestylers in my area that I saw, the freestylers, these cats would literally make up stuff on the spot. Wow. Not doing set moves at all, you know? They have a flow and a certain style. But they're not doing the Running Man. They're not doing the Roger Rabbit. They're not doing, you know, any of the, any, they're kind of flowing and doing, and so a lot of it was like they would mess up. You know, it would look uh, unrefined, like kind of sloppy sometimes. You know what I mean? Wow. It wasn't crisp and it was just wild, but it was dope. You know what I mean? And those guys influenced me too, just as much as popping and breaking. Yeah. So when people say freestyle to me, I think of that, you know? Yeah. No set moves. Really, you know, there you might have a certain way of moving that, that is your walk or your entrance or your your bounce, you know, and things like that. 
but set moves did like, and and you see it kind of like with crumpers too. Sometimes crumpers don't really repeat the same moves over and over, mm. but they have a format, a format, mm-hmm. and a and a basic structure that is set. You, mm. you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so you, some people might even argue that's not freestyling because it's already a set format and structure wow. and wow and uh, ritual kind of thing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I think that could be debated. But for me, in the context of, let's say, breaking, freestyling is, you know, uh, yeah, just improvising off of the music. And you can. Some gold, man. Some gold. Do whatever you want. You mm-hmm. know? But if someone. Hello? No, we here. We here. If someone does like a two step, two step corkscrew and then a six step to a chair freeze. I don't care if they call it a freestyle. Like that's not interesting to me. Yeah, yeah. I know, no. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it moves, but I don't know what's the what's the. You know. Yeah, and it, it speaks again back to the idea of fear. You know. Like, back then, I could say it would be easier to be like, okay, I can just try something and see what happens. But for now, when you built a rep and you try something that people probably would be like, what the fuck is this guy doing? You know, you could be seen as wax. So it's that idea of fear, uh, willing to take that risk and define something that people probably can't define, even though it's been done for years and years. You know, right now, we always go by reference what we see. It's kind of like we built a language where we all understand each other. But imagine breaking that language and speaking something else. Someone's like, you know, I want it here. So... It's, it kind of references what we were talking about earlier. Right, for sure. No, no doubt. And it's like, you know, I think improvising and being reacting to music is very important. You know? mm-hmm. like, like, you see a lot of choreography people that, that do choreography, but then when they just got to dance with no choreography, mm-hmm. they have a tough time. You know what oh, I'm saying? tough, tough. Yeah, so, that, so that's, that's one element of it, you know what I mean? Being able to freestyle there's also an element people freestyle and they can't come up with their own stuff like like a structure they have a mm-hmm. difficulty mm-hmm. remembering moves they have a difficulty learning choreography wow. so there's that side of it too you know what i mean mm-hmm. and uh but but i think you know for me i value the freestyling the improvising the reacting to music mm-hmm. uh not no yeah i mean there's so many levels to it dude mm-hmm so, so for yourself, did you ever have to dabble into choreography? I know like a lot of people are like, yo, can you do the show? Can you put like something together? Did you ever have to do like a choreography set with your boys? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, um, there, there's been occasions where like we've had to do everything from like, you know, uh, there's a rap crew called Area 51. We did a show with them once with like, oh. West Coast rappers and stuff. So we, we made up routines. It was more so routines than it was choreography, you know, mm. because... But then I've been involved in something where we went to like a tryouts for some dance group and they had us do choreography. Wow. Know? And we had to learn the basics, but really we were like the breakers and poppers in the crew. So there was like a moment where we did a solo. Mm-hmm. But to, to, these were like the early experiences I had with like choreography and stuff. Wow. And I could learn it. You know, I couldn't say I'm the best or good at it, but it wasn't really because learning choreography is difficult it's just the core i don't like being told what to do you know i kind of noticed that about myself Mm. i don't really like to just follow somebody you know what i mean i'd rather i'd rather do my do it my own way like Mm -hmm. so not to say that that's superior to like following somebody but that's just me uh i could 
make up my own choreo. I mean, everything we do is our own choreography. Hundred percent. That's kind of the, that's kind of the the, the philosophy of it. It's mm -hmm. like you gotta have your own style. You gotta have your own flavor. You pick up the basics and you make up your own choreography. You mm -hmm. So and it's like, yeah. No, go ahead. That was dope. Nah, but like, um, but I think there's a value to like theatrical stuff. I mm. think there's a value to ciphering obviously battling there's so many elements and levels to the dance and things you could do with it that i think people should explore all of it really mm -hmm. go go into the darkness do the stuff you don't like mm. you know and then you could kind of learn through that process and you can also learn what you like and then you know do other things with it somebody said really appreciate the reflections on freestyle in break we drill the foundations out of respect for the culture and to give us proper form even when freestyling our foundational moves comes out, even though it wasn't premeditated. Yeah, that, that's what's up. I'm not dissing that. I'm not dissing that. I'm just saying that no, Vic said it. The, con the concept of freestyle that I know, again, going off of the freestyle dancers, they wouldn't do set moves. Mm. They would not do social dances. Mm -hmm. They would freestyle, literally freestyle, re respond on the moment. And sometimes, it, a lot of times, it would look sloppy. But... They would also hit pockets where they're going off and doing crazy stuff. Mm -hmm. And uh, to me, that's freestyle because when I see those guys dance, I remember that like experience because we were around that a lot. And I was hanging out with, with cats like that. And um, that to me is real freestyle. That's mm -hmm. just my definition of it. You know? mm -hmm. But it could be somebody else's definition is just like not having a set plan and doing movement on the spur of the moment. Mm -hmm. But to me, when I think freestyle is not just doing spur of the moment, it's doing moves that are brand new, that are being created on the spot, you know? That's dope. And so, it, it's, all of it is valid, bro. All of it is... You know, you know what kind of changes for, for us and, and from your generation? is because the idea of your generation kind of had to come up with a lot of things and, and at that time, you know, there was a lot of... It was a, a political standpoint, in a sense, you know what I'm saying? So for us that are more privileged, for us, we almost have to, for us, learning is giving back to y'all. You know what I mean? So I find that's why for us, there's that conflict. It's because we don't have that same political standpoint. We already here and everything's already provided. So it's kind of like we're eating at the table, but didn't have to provide. We always getting fed the supper, but we've never had to make our own supper, right? We've had the privilege to eat, but we've never had the privilege to make. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So uh, that's no, why. I see you guys making up a lot of stuff. I see a lot of people. Oh no! We, yeah, well, there's still some of us, but I'm saying in terms of like the right. idea of respect and and right. the idea of labeling, it's because of that. You know, like a lot of OGs, they created moves because it gave them opportunities that they didn't have when they were younger. And so then, for us that have these opportunities, we have internet, we can learn all these things. I find that labeling came about because it gave opportunity, and then for us to give respect to them because we can't go through the same thing they went through we have to take that and kind of be like, okay, I'll learn it, even though I'll, I'll still add my own thing to it. You know what I mean? Right. So I feel like that goes back to her statement and what she was saying, we do it out of, out of respect. That's what's up. And, and I, I mean, I get that. Like, I would just say, though, for people to think about the lineage, the history, the respect, reacting to music, right? Like, letting music move you and creating dope moves to yeah. music, just whatever you think is dope, and what people in your circle think is dope yeah. is part of the lineage. It's part yeah. of the history. It is. Part of the history is to learn what came before, pick it up, and then flip it. Mm. You know? 
And and p- part of the history is some people went to the party and the jam and they did moves that they were practicing all week. That's part of the history. And some people went there and just freestyled and made up stuff on the spot. Wow. Both of all of that stuff is part of the history. Mm-hmm. But the key thing is it's about expression, you know? So all of it is valid, bro, in my opinion. And like people should the fact they want to pay homage is dope. You know, I think that's a good intention. Yeah. And that that was me just speaking for for everybody else. But I I know uh, I guarantee I know a lot of the dancers in our generation do do that. And Chris again brought up a, another point I was going to speak about anyway. But I I had an interview with Lady C two days ago, right? And she I also asked her, and she spoke about freestyle as well and her perception of freestyle. But she was saying the free and the style. Let's separate them for a second, right? Style is part of us. The way we dress, our culture, the people we around. It's part of our style, right? It adds to that. And then the free is how deep we can dig into the music and add who this person is with that. You know what I mean? So that what the free and the style kind of comes into play. And that's what basically she said freestyle, you know what I'm saying, kind of means to her. That's a dope way to put it. That's mm-hmm. a dope way to put it. Yeah, like bringing out who you are. It's like to me, again, the style part, where she's talking about like how you dress, how... Uh, the two things that I think about the most, like as analogies, is your fingerprint. Mm. You know, there's a reason you get fingerprinted is because there's not another fingerprint like that in the world. It's wow. unique. There's a reason why people have to sign for contracts and stuff because your signature is unique. You know what I mean? There is nobody that could have that signature. So when you dance, you should be kind of, you know, not should be or whatever. I think there's something to be said about, just like writers who were writing on trains, aerosol artists, they were making up their name and putting their signature, their tag, mm. their own way. We're doing that on the dance floor, you know what I mean? 100%. And so how free you are with that, how much you don't care about what the teacher tells you how to write A, B, C, D, you're going to flip that letter and make it swirl and make it do certain things. Wow. To make your signature unique, that's how, you know, that's a dope way to put it, you know? Yeah. Letting your style free. Like. Wow. And you know what I also reference for myself? I reference it to like language, you know, like I can be from a different place and you can be from a different place. And even though we understand each other, my accent's not the same as yours. So I have my own way of speaking, even though we do the same. I know, I know, man. Every time I talk to you, man, it's like always a, a so much to build on, you know? Someone said gems, I'm saying. <laughs> the comment section is just dope, man. I love the people. I love the people tuned in, man. <laughs> That's dope to document stuff like that too. I have to, brother. I have to. All that stuff is is important, man. Like, because again, like people talk about technology nowadays, but there's a lot of stuff not being documented nowadays. Like your your story, you know, Mm. where where you come from, your Mm -hmm. experience in Zimbabwe, and from all the way from there to to today, the jazz stuff you're doing, like that's history you're making, bro. Mm -hmm. All that, you know, and it's a inspiration and knowledge for other people. So just like what we were doing in the 90s, we didn't know what, we were making detours and beyond detours, like the jams we were going to and the things like, those became worldwide phenomena, you know what I mean? Moves that we were doing, people picked up on. Mm. Moves that people do in choreography, I, I, I can remember being there when someone made it up or I see people doing stuff my homies made up, like, and so on and so forth. So that's not about like trying to take ownership, it's just so an inspiration that you don't even know you're doing is mm. it happening. You know what I'm saying? That's dope. Or, or it could just be 
just a bigger historic like thing, you know what I mean? Like yeah. wavelength kind of thing. Yeah. And just like Cook said, he said we didn't want to look alike now, and um, but he's like people are trying to. But yeah, like uh, to to that comment, like uh, when in LA, like as far as the circle, the environment, the the culture, you know, whatever you want to call it, it was whack to bite. You weren't allowed to bite. You would wow. get clowned for biting. You would wow. get like you didn't want to be that. You know, you wanted to be original. There was definitely an atmosphere, like how you're saying right now, like the 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 pay respect ideology and the rules. The rules for us was being original, you know, wow. being different, having your own thing. Don't be like the next person, you know what I'm saying? That was, you know, and, and it's like, I'm not like some, if I grew up somewhere else at a different time, I wouldn't be dancing the way I do. Yeah. You know I mean, I'm a product of that Product experience of the environment, that, yeah. That time. Yeah. Wow. 100%, brother. And it's okay. Times are never changing, you know what I'm saying? They're never ending. So we kind of adapting to the times we're in now. And it's not that it's a bad thing. There's still cats like us that you know don't give a shit, and we'll still we'll still take the creativity part. You know what I mean? Yeah, and and but the thing is though is like uh, I say this a lot too is like there's also uh, the institution, you know, not just the people, the individuals, but like we grew up in an era where people were throwing jams for us that we had were lucky to go to where yeah. we could just have fun cypher you know everything from radiotron the b-boy summit to freestyle oh. session to foundation funk collective as a kid i was going to these events you know people were providing these places for us to go to and we were going to like clubs and people like stuntman took me under their wing and showed me you know love you know what i'm saying and, and got yeah. to, i was lucky to have those people around so people who are out there listening or who are gonna listen to this or who are thinking Think about that too, like what you could do to push things in a more creative direction, where you could have jams where there's just ciphers and people having fun or maybe exhibition, so that it's not just about rules, 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 you know? If there's places and spaces to go to, I think young people will want to go to those, you know what I mean? But if all you can go to is a competition with strict rules, you kind of like, you know, you kind of have no choice, like a little bit, you know what I mean? That's dope, man. So we could, we have a role to play too, like everybody involved. Like, so, anyways, yeah. That's a great piece of advice, man. That's a really great piece of advice, <laughs> especially for the newer generation. That's something that can stick. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's something I'm gonna and, uh, use as the highlight for this for this whole thing. As a, when I make a little trailer, I'm gonna use that segment. I like that a lot. That's dope. Yeah, man, and I think you definitely, like, more into, I'm not trying to act like I really know what's going on with, like, younger generation cats. I really have been out of the, the loop as far as, like, you know, staying in tune with, with mm -hmm. cats. But I see, but I see, you know, people doing stuff that I think is, is dope, you know what I mean? Yeah. So breaking into, like, newer styles out there and everything. Yeah. So in your guys' time, I know a lot, of, I hear a lot of stories of, like, the older gen and how they had to break into jams and, like, to get in the club, they had to, like, use fake IDs and stuff. Did you ever have to do, like, some crazy stuff like that? <laughs> you know, I think the craziest thing is, like, a lot of clubs will kick you out if you were breaking, you know what I mean? Oh, for real? Yeah, see, that's what I'm saying. It's, like, that goes back to that thing that, like, in the 90s and stuff like that, there was some of these freestyle dancers I'm talking about didn't like breakers. They would try to diss it. That's whack. That's played out. Even though... Again, it's like freestylers differ from one area to the next. Like the, the people I was cool with never did that, you know, but there was other freestylers that did that. Fights have broken out. Wow. Uh, people, security guards telling you don't do that in here. Wow. Uh, and, then, and then when you do like a little something, 
you know, I remember one time being somewhere with stunts, and I think he just did like a little go down and came back up, and they tried to kick us out. You know, wow, stupid stuff like that. And like, um, but I don't want to dramatize it, you know, because I, it wasn't that crazy, you know what I mean? I don't, I yeah. don't remember it being that crazy, but yeah, but there was like little occasions like that, wow. and we just were on some like, now we'll do our own thing after everybody, you know, we don't care what these people think anyway. Yeah. I agree. I mean, it's a testament to the time even now, you know, like with clubs ever changing, music ever changing, clubs becoming more popularized or more pop music. A lot of a lot of these spaces just want you to buy alcohol. And in a sense, I understand it because it's a business, you know, business is growing. We're in a place where businesses need people to buy drinks to strive, you know. So I understand it in that sense, but we also need something for the culture to strive. Yeah, man. Yeah. And I think... Um if I could, bro, I'd be throwing some jams, man. I think that's important, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I think, like, with our crew style, it's like we have our anniversary, and we yeah. try to focus on at least doing that for our own crew's sake, like bringing the crew together, but also to give back to the community and that's have dope. a space where people... And we play house music and, and uh, have, like, a, a bunch of stuff, like, happening. You know, a competition, but the competition is called Last Man Standing, where it's a little bit more different, unexpected. You know, things happen in the battle as far as, like, you know, I don't want to, you know, uh, but, you know, it's, it's a format that's different, not your everyday typical kind of battle. That's dope. So just doing things like that is, is, is good, man. It's important, I think. Having a place where young people go, have fun, community. Yeah. Express and have all elements as possible, not just dancing, but the art, the music, mm. the, uh, the MCing, the poetry, you know what I mean? Everything. That, that's, how, that's how we grew up, bro. We would go to a gym and you would see everything. Yeah. Yeah. So Nigel has a question, yeah? He says, do you ever feel like you had to be stubborn and say, fuck it, I'm just going to do my own thing? Um, see, I can't say I, I was like that. Like, because, uh, because in my experience, I was going to jams and seeing a lot of dope stuff. Mm. And I, was, I fell in love with it, you know? Yeah, I, mean, yeah. I fell in love with I was already in love with the music, the dance. But then when I found that there was a scene with like, these events where like, yeah. people were coming and gathering and you would see formal, like, breaking events and hip-hop things and jams and real hip-hop stuff, not the stuff you see on TV. Yeah. That scene, to me, was beautiful. Bro. I never yeah. felt like I had, to, I had to feel weird around that, you know what I mean? Yeah. I felt uh, good. I mean, you know, you have, everybody has rivals and, you know, little things like that. Yeah, yeah. So I don't want to say, like, everybody, everybody was, like, hugging me and giving me high fives. No, but... I got enough love where it was like it was it was a dope it was actually like tapping out of the matrix because mm. what what I what was whack was like regular society mm. you know like school and, and TV and all that stuff and people what they're doing is like then you go to a gym and it's like you meet people from all different cultures ages mm. background they're getting down they're expressing themselves they're doing their thing you're doing your thing you're having fun like that, that that's beautiful bro you know yeah. what I'm saying like that was like I never was on some and I'm lucky because um, that was a different maybe time than what people go through now as far as like yeah. But I could just speak from my experience. You know? Yeah. And you know what it is? For people now, a lot of the times is like, like as I said, how accessible dance is now. A lot of us are using it to to make money. You know, like the older gen have it tougher because they, they battling the time. <laughs> They're getting older. Their body's not doing the same thing. There's so much they can teach without having an assistant, right? 
So right. in terms of our generation, there's a lot of teachers. There's so many people that can now teach, you know, what this dance is because they, they have a summary to it. The OGs have said this is this, this is that. So when you teach this is this and this is that, you know what I mean? So I feel like a lot of people are more judgmental now because it's a lot of work. Like if I take somebody else's work, they'll be against me because I took a job that maybe they had more years into and then I'm more popular than they are. So I feel like it speaks to our generation in terms of now. But we got another dope question here. It says, sometimes I question if there's a limit on how free I can freestyle within a genre to make sure I'm still respecting the lineage. Thoughts on boundaries of how free a dancer could be? I mean, I can just, again, this is my opinion. You know, I mean, I'm not telling other people how they should think. But to me, none of that stuff, that's the fear stuff I'm talking about. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. to me, I think it's good to pay respect to the lineage. But let's just think about it like this, right? Writing, aerosol, or subway art. It started with people tagging their names, signatures. Then that got more intense. It started turning into like bubble letters. People mm. putting an outline over the tag and now it's growing. Then it's pieces. Then it's intricate, wild style connections. Now it's like, and it went on trains and all that. Now it's like on buildings and street art. and like, It's like people have taken the letter and you can't even read it anymore. It's like, wow. it, it's, it's like an abstract form of a structure and art all unto itself. Almost like looking at a building and going... That's a beautiful building, you know what wow. I mean? Just because of the, geo, the shape of the letter. It's still people around the world doing this art form. If you take a piece in Melbourne right now and p compare it to a tag in New York in 1970, 71, it doesn't look like the same thing, but it's part of that same lineage. You, wow. You know, I think that is the story of the culture. Wow. Same thing with the dance. You take a breaker nowadays and compare them to a breaker doing basic stuff Mm -hmm. that's funky and dope in like the mid 70s it's different mm -hmm. it's always changing you know what i mean and so to me personally the the purpose of it for me is to expand to constantly push it mm. just like a writer is going to push the letter form i'm trying to push the physical form you know wow what I mean? and trying to have fun listen to new music express i'm not on some like i gotta listen to like boom bap this that it's like Okay, you know, I'm, I'm just speaking to me personally, you know what I mean? I'm trying to, like, listen to what's new, what's creative, what's different, and have fun with it, and, and express this art to me, you know what I mean? I think my signature is more so, like, co connections and complexi complexity, and so mm. threading fits with that, you know? So, I I, I like threading because of that, and um, but I do a bunch, a bunch of other stuff that's, like, same concept of connecting, leading one thing to the other, uh, shapes and connections mm. and com complex stuff. Like, I call it like organic mechanics. Mm. You know what I mean? Whereas, like you're using your body almost like a complicated technological machine. That's dope. So, so in terms of inspiration, did you ever have to like study into like geometry or anything else beyond dance to like kind of hide in that creativity? Uh, yeah. So, so yeah, he he was on some like very technical, crazy stuff, and mm -hmm. when I saw him, I was like, damn, you know, what I mean, that 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 resonated with me, 
even wow. though he had a whole different style, a whole different interesting personality, you know, later on when I met him. But uh, I remember watching him and, like, just bugging out, like, going, what the hell? What what was that, you know? Mm-hmm. And, like, when I went home and practiced, it just it was influencing me. So I I made up a move in in reminiscing of him, like, what I saw of him, but just my memory of him. You wow. Know? So, so it was like a very technical, and I would say that's kind of when I started going down that path of like going way beyond the norm of like threading or something and just doing really technical stuff. Mm-hmm. It was, uh, and like Stuntman, Custer, a bunch of other dancers were on that tip, but for me, my personal experience, Shrimple, like inspired me a lot to like just get very intricate, intricate with connecting body parts and threads and mm-hmm. looking almost like futuristic or wow. whatever you want to call it like it's more more so like a feeling in my mind than like a like a word i could give it you know wow biting off memory that's crazy <laughs> b-boy stop man come on brother my man's throwing gems <laughs> that's dope man that, that, that's exactly what it is though it's like i remember i mean this is a true story you know what i mean seeing shrimp who, Made me go, what the? Like, I couldn't believe what I saw when I saw him do it. You know, whatever. I can't, I don't really know what he did because I just saw it that one moment. And wow. It's not on footage, you know? Wow. But I just remember seeing him, it was at a practice at a park where in our neighborhood. And he came down with another breaker uh, named G Wiz. And like, they were just at our practice and they were like way better than us. We were like beginners, you know? And um, he, he was so dope that it like, it wasn't basic breaking at all. It was like, some insane stuff. And I was just like, what the? And I remember going home, practicing later on that day or the next day, and trying to do what I remembered him doing. Wow. And uh, I got, a move came out of that that I still do to this day. Wow. Wow. And then and then later on, I met Shrimp Wu and practiced with him. And Rob Zilla's friends with him. And Stunts is obviously friends with him. And people, I got to like you know meet him and stuff. And you know, I told him that. And then I showed him the move. And he was like, nah, man, I don't do anything like that. And he... <laughs> And I've seen him dance a lot, you know, and I never saw him do what I imagined or saw him do that day. Yeah. So, so my style is not like threading, you know what I mean? It's it's like that more than threading, you know? It's more of a, a feeling that I got inspired off of seeing people before me. Wow. They gave me that feeling. I took it around with it and, and wow. did a bunch of stuff with that. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy, man. Being inspired by what you saw. Wow. Imagine if you were in that kind of time. <laughs> It's funny, the time we're in now is, it's hard to be inspired by what you see, because what I see, I can identify. So for me, that's a really tough thing, you know? That's crazy. I'm just thinking of that idea alone. <laughs> it blows my mind, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And you know, we watch footage too and stuff like that, but... Um watch footage for the basics like you kind of knew what were the basic moves and so then if someone had a signature move you wanted to make sure you don't like do anything like that you know yeah so yeah the part of it is like a conscious thing to like make sure you don't do and i think it's possible man i think a lot of people make make it sound like it's difficult but i think if it's encouraged more and like people are encouraged to flip moves rather mm. than do them exactly the same mm-hmm and encouraged to like believe in themselves and not trying to look like the most latest superstar you know what i mean mm-hmm. just build confidence in people it's kind of disempowering to to, to when kids like young not kids but just people are like 
copying moves they think are are cool or that they think they're going to win the competition by the doing that. It's like you can win the competition of your own life by doing what you feel, you know what I mean? And like doing writing your own signature, don't copy someone else's signature like you know? Wow, the competition of your and, own and life. You, and you can win That's amazing, man. Wow. That's powerful. And for me, again, related to jazz, because jazz, again, I feel yeah, like I mean, they... Even... Yeah. yeah, I was saying, I, I relate that whole idea to jazz again, because when we train jazz, or even just training with Frank, training with Frank, he'd be like, every time I watch him go in, it's never the same. And when he, when he trains us, he's like, a lot of it is misdirection. Like, if my body wants to go there, I'm going to go there instead. And I was like, damn, man, what the? <laughs> wait, wait, wait. I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> and then he's like, dance. And I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> so you kind of go in off with a quick idea he gave you, and you almost have to, you know, think on the fly. So it's kind of dope that, that it still exists to this day, but not many people tap into that idea. That's dope. Yeah, no, I mean, there's... That, that, there's a lot of different concepts and a lot of different people to learn from out there too, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think uh, one easy thing, or not easy thing, but it's just every, you know, a lot of, when we're talking about teaching or learning and younger generations, again, going back to that jazz quote, taking two steps in the darkness, learn stuff you don't know, you know, try mm-hmm. new things. You know, I take, take workshops. I'm not against workshops at all. Like, I don't know if I came out across like that earlier, but yeah, learn from people and then, but also do your own thing, mm. you know? Remember to do what you like, you know, mm-hmm. and learn, but then also just kind of learn so you can also figure out what you're about. Mm. Who you are, you know, that's a big part of the culture. I love that. You know, big, big, probably the biggest part. The other stuff is just as important: lineage, legacy, tradition, but you know, competition, all that stuff. But the biggest core part that has been there from the beginning is like one of the reasons these dance spread around the world. I think is because. It's about being you, you know, mm. being something about bringing your own flavor, your own twist to things, wow. you know? Wow. That's beautiful. That, that's what makes it interesting, man. That's what makes it interesting. And I think every move could be done in a unique way. Yeah. You know what I, mean? I believe if it. I, if, and, and for the most basic moves, you can have a room of 50 people doing it their own way. Yeah. You know? I believe it, brother. I love that knowing of self. Come on, Jazzy Jester. He's another guy that, to me, is very inspiring in terms of how he, he perceives things. Even Ills. Ills is on the live. A lot of dope cats up on the live. I see. Come on. I see also. I see doing his own thing. If you ever, ask, if you ever have to ask I see how he thinks, he also, he'll, he'll break it down in some way where you're like, you feel like you're in space for a second. You're like, hold on a second. <laughs> Bring me right back. <laughs>
you're saying like they're they're training you to like if you're gonna go one way, go the other. That's like someone watching you might think you're gonna go the way that way, but you go mm. the other. And that gives an inspiration for them. That makes them inspired to think. You know what I mean? All this is like an energy exchange. Mm-hmm. That that process. But but if you go to us, the same thing. We might be able to say this is great. It's preservation. It's, but it's not interesting. Mm. You know what I mean? If it's just the same thing over and over again, it's like it's like watching the same TV show over and over and over again. Mm. Damn, damn. <laughs> you you throwing gems, brother. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm just giving my opinion, bro. You know, and it's, nah, it's but a conversation. There's a, there's a lot to be said with even what you're saying, and it's so powerful. You know what I mean? Even with that, that whole idea of misdirection and, and everything, there's so many techniques that I feel can bring the most out of us. Even the fact, the thing is, it's, it's hard to really know because again, we're so judgmental and we have so many ideas in our head of what something is to kind of break that idea. Do you have any advice for like the newer generation to kind of not break the idea, but to kind of, you know, like we all on a path, but within this path, like you say, it's never ending, right? It's a never ending path. And, and within that path, things can change because we, we could stumble upon something that makes us halt for a second or we can continue this path and, and continue this path of awareness and, and, and of learning, just observation. You know what I'm saying? So is there any advice you can give to the newer dancers just to keep them inspired and creatively or just whatever detours represented? Yeah. Yeah. Learn and, and try to grow always, you know what I mean? Learn and try to grow always. I love that. You can't plant a seed and expect the plant to just <laughs> just flourish. You gotta let it grow. You gotta give it that time. Yeah. But yeah, man, I was saying um, you got a lot of lot of knowledge yourself, man. And like uh, the way you break concepts down, and I know respect, brother. The way you, you you look into things and the experience you have, like when you when you said like, what's my advice to people? Is if they do meet people like that, you know, who are inspirational, who are you know, creative and knowledgeable to take advantage of that, try to surround yourself with people like that, you know what I mean? Love that. Um, but yeah, just have fun, do it, be creative and, and kind of just, I don't know, I don't know how you could encourage people to, to like not listen to opinions that much because it's very natural for human beings to care about what other people think and it's you know, almost impossible not to care about it. But if you surround yourself with people that are dope, that are creative, and, and focus on that, then that's a way to, like, mitigate a lot of the bullshit, you know? Wow. Outside of that circle, like, wow. you know what I mean? Building community, basically, you know mm. what I'm saying? Building mm -hmm. community. You know, it's funny, and, and, like, the broad spectrum of things, we always see it has, like, we follow certain rules, but when we really think about it, the people we are the closest with is when we get to break those rules. Like, whenever I get to get, to get whenever I get to get down with my crew, we never ever put a style upon us. We always play, like, the randomest music, and we, we drink, you know, we get we get lit, and then we just get down. We don't even question what the hell's going on. One guy's off the wall doing some crazy shit. Next man's like grabbing a coat. You know what I mean? So it is about your friendships and who you tap in with, the people right. you tap in with. It's dope. Yeah, and I, and I think to think about stuff like that, the friendship you make through it, the people you meet, like as mm. far as dance, you know what I mean? That feeling of... Just the feeling of having fun, like in the sense of when we say having fun, it's like you're in a circle, you're getting down, you go to a place that you, you know, you black out, you get in the pocket, uh, you know, you just, 
that's a that's a crazy feeling that that is is almost like a, a spiritual thing. You know mm. what I mean? Some people would say um, that energy exchange, like those those alone are, are major. Thing. This is, I think, a deeper reason why human beings dance and and get together and do stuff like that. Is like there's deep things that that, that are happening through these art forms. Mm. They are not just about like competitions. You know what I mean? Competitions are cool, whatever that. But there's the theatrical side. There's the community side. There's the friendship side. There's the health and physical wellness side like so many benefits to these dances like learn as much as you can explore as much aspects as you can and grow and, and have fun i was like again i'm going back to the advice thing but but it's also just part of our conversation yeah man thank you my brother for sure man thank you we beings of a reaction i love that thanks jester that's a good note to end off on <laughs> yeah, man. let's chop it up again man as soon as this is done we get it down we labbing. We gonna we gonna bring this yeah. whole thing back. Oh, uh, I think it's a good time for people, you know, just to like charge those batteries because when <laughs> you know things get back to normal, you appreciate it. And yeah. People that matter, you know what I'm saying, and, and connect with them on a higher level too. Thank you, brother. Thank so. you.